the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. It's time for Rescuers, the show about people who change and save lives. Now, here's your host, Art Brooks. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another edition of the Rescuers Radio Show at Faith Talk 1360 and faithtalk1360.com. It airs every Thursday at 5.30 p.m. at Faith Talk, 60, uh, Faith Talk 1360 and faithtalk1360.com. And you can find us on podcasts everywhere. Just uh, Google Rescuers Radio Show. You'll find us on Facebook, Spotify, uh, iPodcast, all, all of those that uh, carry us, and it's a large number. So tune us in, and thank you for tuning us in right now. I'm very uh, uh, happy to have my guest here today, um, a deep-throated Jeff Bowles. Hi, Jeff. Hi, Art. You listen to that, folks? Isn't, isn't that just uh, like cream in your coffee, right? It's just, <laughs> I don't know what that means. So anyway, uh, Jeff, um, I haven't known you that long, but uh, since I've well, known you, we've I done don't know, some. Art. We had coffee like 10 years ago. We, we, had, we had coffee about 10 years ago. That's right. You, me. And, long time. Yeah. And uh, then m- more recently, we've uh, hooked up and did uh, a virtual <laughs> This is kind of an oxymoron, but a, a virtual telethon. And it worked. Yeah. We had cameras. We had uh, virtual Zoom. We had entertainment. We had talkers. We had donors, which was the, the whole idea. For how long? Eight hours in one day? Yeah, eight hours straight. Everybody working from their armchairs at home. <laughs> Called it the, the virtual armchair telethon. <laughs> Feeding Phoenix 2021. Yeah. So I was able to, uh, um, I'm glad I didn't get you in a lot of trouble, but I, I was MC for the first two hours. <laughs> and I don't think I embarrassed anybody, or myself even. You did a great job. So it's grateful all, to have you there. Right? So, yeah. <laughs> it's all in the, in the name of Christ anyway, right? Yeah. So um, so tell us about the Creighton. You, you are the CEO or executive director, or whatever your title is. You are that guy that heads up the uh, Creighton Community Foundation. Tell us about that. What is that? Yeah, you know, I, I do a little work there, I, a couple <laughs> minor things. But, um, mostly the people around us, you know, don't be, keep, the, don't keep be, the thing going Don't on. be shy on a radio yeah, show. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so we started Creighton Community Foundation in support of Creighton School District and surrounding communities uh, a number of years ago, back in uh, 2013, I think is what it says on the paperwork. But, you know, the the... Idea went through some phases of inception before that, and a group of uh, believers and men friends in the community that were uh, 
trying to step in deeper with those who were vulnerable, uh, in need, marginalized. And uh, Creighton and those uh, surrounding city school districts around us in kind of east central Phoenix. You know, if you're familiar with the landscape around here, you know, kind of the intersection of 51 and 202 and Mm -hmm. uh, down south of McDowell and those areas. You know, those tend to be pretty high need families that Hard are hit. serviced Hard by most of these schools. Yeah. Our Title I percentage, most of the schools, runs 98% to 99%. And that's, uh, for those who aren't familiar with Title I stuff, that's uh, and the federal supports for low-income families and schools, usually most well-known as the free and reduced lunch program, mm-hmm. which is the main benefit. Okay. And you have to be within a certain distance of the federal poverty line to qualify as a Title I family. So a 98% of your school population is a pretty high figure for hmm. for a, a statement of needs. So. You know, before we go any further, and, and that's an introduction to the Creighton Community Foundation area and, and, and partly what that is, but uh, our audience has never, never met you. Uh, tell us a little bit about your background. How did you get here? Well, yeah. Number of years ago, I was born, but more recently, you know, uh, <laughs> really, yeah. not hatched yeah. or uh... I, I guess about I guess about twenty years ago we moved uh, twenty one years ago now we moved to Phoenix and uh, from, from from Texas yeah you know Art <laughs> pinning me down I grew up a military brat so that's kind of ambiguous question where you from um, yeah I'm a Rolling Stone I guess uh, but I kind of call Texas home you know I consider myself a Texan. Even though I've been here for 21 years, you know, if you know some Texans, you know that just doesn't go away. <laughs> um, but, um, yeah, we moved out here 21 years ago from Texas at the time. But before that, I'd been all over growing up a military brat and in lots of kind of missional and what brand? evangelical context. Air Force brat. Oh, so, I'm yeah. an Air Force vet. Yeah. So, well, uh yeah, I don't know if we should get into that conversation <laughs> no. on, your, on your radio show. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, talk about all the bases and locations and such. So. Yeah. But, um, yeah, we moved out here about 21 years ago because I, I guess I'd grown up kind of moving around in lots of different kind of missional church contexts. You know, we had we had a heart for a pretty evangelical, outreaching kind of uh, church nice. home to start with. Yeah. And we'd, we'd been to a couple of places in Phoenix for some period of time when— one thing led to another, and we finally ended up at Neighborhood Ministries over on the uh, west side of town, 19th Avenue. With Billy Thrall. Billy Thrall yeah. at the time, yeah, Kit yeah. Danley and all those folks. And uh, that's still where we uh, worship in church, uh, my family does these days. Yeah. Uh, you know, I kind of split some of our time between there and Camelback Bible. Uh, but uh, uh, lots of neighborhood we still consider our family. And uh, that got us working pretty actively in the inner city and with high-need families and uh then one day I woke up and, you know, was walking around with this five-year-old kid of mine, uh, my eldest, and, you know, <laughs> looking at schools and somebody tapped me on the shoulder and said, hey, will you run an override election because you're doing some kind of marketing stuff? And that brought me into pretty deep connection with my own community. And I realized that uh, the things we've got going on in East Central Phoenix are just like the things going on in the West Side at Neighborhood mm-hmm. Ministries. And that led to, to our work with uh, some other brothers and starting Creighton Community Foundation and nice. reaching out to our communities. So, so um, and, and you, you became a 501c3, your nonprofit, and, yeah. and uh, so welcoming uh, donations are always welcome, right? Yeah. Well, <laughs> and, yeah. and I know that... Art, you know, your timing uh, <laughs> is, is just right for tax credits still, actually, here, here in the we state go. of Arizona, so we should talk about that before. Right, right up till May 17th, yeah. right? 
Yeah, yeah, the, yeah. For any of your listeners that don't know, yeah, yeah, you know, we we have actually never done this to the best of my knowledge in the state of Arizona right. to be able to extend our filing date in parallel with the federal. Now that's not unusual, but we've never been able to move those tax credit due dates. So tax credits have also changed to May seventeenth this year. If you give a tax credit before May seventeenth, you can still retroactively apply it to last year's taxes that yeah. you might still need to file. Or if you can't, you can still give it for this year, of course, um, until next April 15th. Hey, audience, see the things you learn about from the Rescuers Radio Show right here. Uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but, but you know, Art, uh, one, one of the things I wanted to say with that is that you know, I think a lot of people don't realize just how powerful of a donation that is. Mm-hmm. I mean, it ultimately costs you nothing at the end of the day to give because it comes back to you from the state of Arizona. Yes. So it is like a free gift to your community to exercise that right with your tax credit. I'm glad you brought that up because most people don't understand yeah. that part. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, it's a little bit complex to yeah. get your mind right. Yeah. Yeah. And it's almost kind of a, what? You, you kidding me? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you, you know, I, I can, essentially, you're telling the state of Arizona to give a nonprofit of your choice mm-hmm. up to $800 if you're married filing jointly. Yeah. And, you know, that's that's um, not a small donation as far as do, uh, donations to nonprofits go. Right. I mean, very typically, the, the kind of community grassroots, you know, as we fundraise for our food distribution program, which is massive right now, uh, you know, very often that support is built upon the shoulders of donors who are willing to step forward and give 25 or 50 or $100. Mm-hmm. So if you're talking about the power of an $800 gift, I mean, we managed to feed a person for a week in our food distribution, our hunger relief work right now, for 5 bucks is about what it costs oh, about wow. a week worth of completely well-rounded nutrition into one of our food boxes. Yeah. For a that, week. That's a lot of weeks of food for yeah, kids with $800. Is. So yeah. you think about how far that goes. It's not an inconsequential amount. Yeah. And all it takes is a little step in your tax filing process. And you right. can use what's essentially a right that the state has given you. But so few people really use it. So Yeah. Thank you for bringing that up. So I, I know that you've just awakened a lot of uh, a lot of our listener, listeners to that fact. And uh, they've gained a whole month. <laughs> yes, yes. So to get this I, done, to I digest think, this and get it done. Yep, yep. You got about twelve days left. <laughs> so, um, uh, you you've been with uh, Creighton Community Foundation how long? Yeah, I left another career uh, sometime after we started oh, yeah. this. I guess. What I careers left, did you have? I was mostly in the tech space. We did some early stage uh, kind of startup VC advising. Uh, consulting services at the Bay Area in Boston. From here, yeah, we were all remote, so I was living here. In what kind of technologies? Enterprise storage tech, primarily virtualization, data center technologies. So, wow. See, we have a brilliant mind here, and it's not mine. <laughs> 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 so that was a big switch for you, though, to go into the nonprofit world. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, we can talk about scale out storage and you know storage <laughs> protocols and coding algorithms all you want. So. But uh, that's probably not your topic of interest today. So. Yeah, no, we're we're really interested in uh, Creighton. Yeah. So those of those in our audience may not even know if they're especially if they're new to the valley about how the Phoenix. Uh, um, is split up into all these quote unquote neighborhoods. Mm-hmm. Tell us a little bit about that so they know what what that is. Well, and that was one of the reasons we set about uh, our work in this kind of structure of a, a community foundation that has a very uh, 
closely partnered. We're, we're chartered for the support of Creighton School District and surrounding communities, so we extend a bit outside Creighton. But we're really community-focused, and one of the reasons we did that in such close connection with the school district is I think one of our biggest assets for um, uh, supporting and uplifting kids, for uh, um, you know serving those uh, at the margins, those in high need, especially kids in their development, is this hidden asset that we have in our communities of public school, mm, yeah. uh, public schools in the neighborhood. Yep. In, in Phoenix, you know, I grew up in Texas mostly and most of my, uh, you know, also a little time in Japan and other strange places, but mostly Texas uh, in my elementary education. And uh, my school experience was vastly different. But here in most of Phoenix, there is a school close enough to your kids that they can walk there, mm-hmm. you know, just as soon as you're willing to let them walk, you know, half yeah. mile down the street or a quarter mile down the street. Creighton School District, for instance, has a school in every square mile boundary area, so nobody within that boundary area is more than a half mile from the school. My goodness. So um, we're living in a community where we've kind of lost our sense of locality and our relational and people connections. You know, you walk out your front door and is your is your network of friends, your your community that you feel like you're a part of, whatever it might be, church, work, you know, wherever your relationships might really be anchored. Yeah. Does that have anything to do with what you see when you walk out your front door these days? Mm. And um, um, if you if you have some doubts there yourself, now think about a kid. Is, is that true for a kid? And, uh, you know, Microsoft a number of years ago at the Gates Foundation, I shouldn't say Microsoft, the Gates Foundation did some kind of early work on the effects of digitization in kids. And they really, this was back in just text messaging days before Facebook even happened. And and it was really easy to see the way that kids' relationships were changing in the midst of all the digital technologies being introduced to their life and their ability to connect across town or to different localities. And it was weakening local relationships. But when you're at the margins, when you're vulnerable, very often it's, in fact, um, I'm not going to remember the name for you today, uh, um, but I think it was uh, God of the Empty-Handed, the writer of, the the author of God of the Empty-Handed, which was a uh, man who spent his life working uh, as a field director in India, I believe. I'm not going to remember the organization either. Apologies to the listeners. But um, he did this... uh, uh, in-depth dive through the Old Testament and looked at, uh, uh, you know, kind of in Old Testament principles and took a critical examination of world world approaches, global approaches to poverty in different locales, different organizations, you know, whether it was UN approaches or different mm-hmm. nonprofits, and kind of critically analyzed where he thought they were going wrong from a biblical lens. And uh, at the very end of that book, if you kind of boil it down, what he rolls things up to um, is that he thinks poverty is an issue of identity, that you you ultimately get your identity horrendously marred and broken by a lot of the forces that come to bear in, in poverty. Mm. You don't get to have a choice of what identity you put on. You know, you're, you're really, you're rolling from moment to moment under a terrible set of circumstances that causes you to compromise your identity. And um, it's a poverty of relationships that that you don't have relationships and relational networks around you there are not not you know you can't turn to you can't call eddie over there who will help you get a job and because you're poor and you have nothing to offer but but to my point is that i think the the weakening relationship for kids in our community the 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 
dislocation of those relationships from one of kind of proximal locality of uh, you know anchoring in a community mm-hmm. affects those at the margins most. And one of our greatest assets is places of public culture and connection within our communities, within our localized communities. And all that we really have left as a society are yeah. schools. What's the power of your school to have transformational relational impact on right. a kid around you today? Well, and you look at the last uh, year and four months, it's been impossible yeah. uh, if you're depending on, on school yeah. uh, because there's been out more than they've been in. And when they're in, it's, it's over through a screen, uh, you know, Zoom, or I, I guess most of them are back in person now. But, but even that, even beyond that, you look back into the right, into the root of what you're talking about starts within the family. Yeah. And if and if the family is uh, quote unquote malnourished themselves, not in a food way, but even in a spirit way, and uh, to raise the kids up, they're going to be possibility of more neglection, right? Yeah. Yep. And that so that just multiplies everything that you just said about about that condition. So, what has uh, Creighton Community Foundation done to? to answer that call well yeah admission we are about adult supportive relationships for kids we are about uh, creating community connection that surrounds kids with uh, richer sources of adult supportive relationships that nurture them inspire them uplift them to better life outcomes it's a bunch of different places you can go with that art but we've uh we've really uh focused on kind of injecting groups of kids who are at this point where they're developing identities and putting on new relationships, which is a big part of middle school, injecting them with um, some agency and power themselves through service clubs and these types of activities um, to, to carry out some change, to carry out some activity in their neighborhoods, um, to reach out to folks and bring them together in uh, kind of stronger I collective relationships, right? I want to know more about that. I, I noticed when I was reading about uh, Creighton Neighborhood Foundation and Community Foundation, uh, you have invited in a, a lot of service groups in the area. Yep. Uh, Rotary clubs, um, it's, it's a long list. Even your university level parts, right? Mm-hmm. Well, what is that about? Yeah. What do you get from so, the uh, uh, university level? Well, you get relationships and right? the service so, clubs yeah. as well. Yeah, yeah. You, you get service, you get relationships, you get doors that open to relationships. Yeah. And a lot of what we do, Art, is you know we walk we walk a path that is part secular. We're about adult supportive relationships for every kid. Yeah. Um, but also part faith and part uh, you know faith based in everything that mm-hmm. we do, and. Um, you know, I think one of the more one one of the more powerful uh, um, convictions I've always held has been upheld by uh, some of Christopher Wright's work out of the UK and some of the other organizations he spawned. Had the Relationship uh, Foundation guys in Europe, which is a consulting organization, um, make this statement in some of their founding documents, as I recall, um, when they're proposing some work or writing up some proposals and some core content. And um, they observed that the world is desperate for relationships. Um, you know, we're surrounded by broken relationships, seemingly more broken relationships. Mm-hmm. And irrespective of your perspective, of what you believe in and what somebody out in the world believes in, there should be nobody more expert in relationships 
And the thing that is broken around people is a relationship thing mm-hmm. in Christians. We're built to right? be re- relationally. Yeah. And uh, that's the human part of us. And yeah. and Jesus um, always emphasized that we need to be working for the least of these, not anyone else, but, yeah. the, but the least of these. Um, I think if you, you look back through, you know, I look back through my faith experience my entire life, everything yeah. I've learned from the pulpit to class, you know, Bible classes on Sunday to small groups. Yeah. And there's a relationship is the basis of everything there. Yeah. There should be nobody more expert in the world on relationships than people of the Bible. Yeah, that's that's really true. Uh I you you used a couple of words um, that I picked up off your website. Uh, let's do something radical. Mm. Let's have a radical agenda. Yeah. What's your thinking along that line? Where, where are you taking this uh, community foundation? Well, no telling back at the time being, but I'll tell you. I'll tell you what's. I'll tell you. I'll tell you part of what's radical. Uh, or you ever a, heard the song uh, "Jesus Being a Radical Man"? Yes, that's a great yeah. song. Isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll the laughing you, Jesus. I'll tell you what's radical here. So, um, you know, talk about God's provision here a little bit. Um, you know, you you recently helped out with our Feeding Phoenix uh, virtual armchair telethon. Yeah. Um, probably, as you know, we've uh, we stepped into this vacuum of hunger that uh, crashed into our communities in the midst of COVID nineteen, like you would not believe. Mm-hmm. And uh, we started uh, doing what we could to kind of step into a gap because you know, a lot of points of service closed initially, you know, food banks, uh, food pantries, everything was under lock and key for COVID shutdown. Yeah. There was nowhere to get food. And we realized that we had some means to kind of pull stuff together on a mobile basis. And hey, if you got a sidewalk somewhere, we can distribute food there. And pretty soon we were serving, you know, mile and a half long lines of drive up cars. And, wow. and we've just moved over a million pounds. But um, that work didn't— A million that, pounds since you became— Since we started. The foundation? Yeah. Okay. No, no, since last April. So we're actually at about 1.2 million oh, pounds right now. Okay, so. under COVID you're talking yeah, about. Yeah, under COVID. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. we moved all kinds of food before that, too. Yeah, okay. But uh, the point with that is that this work, this hunger relief, uh, kind of mercy work, um, didn't, didn't start by my hand. Didn't start by you know any, any intentionality on our part. And uh, I'll let you draw your own conclusions on how it started as I tell this story. But that when we first started working with the school, we recognized that we needed to go in and help with kind of social-emotional supports around kids and this idea of identity and relationship. And through some of those relationships, we'd open some doors to bring kids to Christ, of course, too. But uh, irrespective of uh, creed or belief of the child, the family, um, there was still this need in every kid in a Title I school for relationship and, you know, support so we'd go in and start working with some kids teaching some social emotional stuff service learning this type of thing and um, we asked those kids what they wanted to do and we figured we'd just be there to kind of build some trust in the community and work with families well those kids turned around as soon as we asked them what they wanted to do and well we want to do something out in the community wow and we want to work on hunger, fresh food. I've never had, you know, I've never been able to get good vegetables and fruit. And they kind of figured out this thing that they wanted to do. And they started off doing these produce on wheels without waste. This, uh, you know, where you reclaim fresh fruit at the border that might not make it to the grocery because it might be a little ugly or distorted or whatever. And mm-hmm. there's an organization that helps with this. So the kids set up this process. And seventh and eighth graders from this school were so invested right off the bat 
I mean, this was not our plan. On their own. This was on their own. Wow. They did 24 of these over the next two years, once a month, and distributed about 300 tons of food into their community. My gosh. Um, and that was all kind of self-driven. I mean, yeah. they embarrassed some young adult employees, I think, with their, <laughs> their diligence and commitment yeah. uh, during that time period. Um, and they became the biggest agents of change in our ministry, our community outreach, all around us. And those kids are still with us today, supporting all kinds of programming here uh, six or seven years later. Um, and uh, I think the hand of God was on that and leading to the provision for that program and leading to the agency of the kids and really in teaching us something that we never expected that our kids were so hungry for a relationship and identity that they were tremendous agents of change and transformation in their own communities. An eye opener and a heart opener. Yeah. Right. Those kids have been to uh, Lost Canyon up in Williams, Arizona, the young life camp. They've been to neighborhood ministries, summer programs, been all around with us over the years. And uh, there's been lots of great relationships formed from that work. And, uh, so is uh, Young Young Life a partner of what you do? Yes. So we, yeah. yeah, there's there's often Young Life wildlife clubs in our schools yeah. connected to some of this work. You know, Good. Through through the service work with kids, we open doors for wildlife. Yeah. 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 And hopefully the camp's open this summer. <laughs> well, my, my wife's working a doctor gig up there uh, oh, for, for Young Lives. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, we've already got we've already got plans. So I assume they're going to be open. So. Jeff, we're almost to the end. I have a I got my my one minute uh, uh, announcement here. Yep. So well, don't forget uh, your tax credits. Le- yeah, don't <laughs> get that in right now. We'll <laughs> yep. do it again. Yep, till May seventeenth. You can use that tax credit. Tax credit, and yep. you, and you're and it's not costing you anything. Yep, those dollars will come right back to you from the state as soon as you get your refund. Absolutely, checks. Jeff Bowles. Thank you very much for being here on Rescuers today. Art, it's thanks been for a joy. Having me. Yeah. Rescuers Radio Station uh, Radio Show is heard at Faith Talk thirteen sixty and. FaithTalk1360.com every Thursday, 5.30, and then don't forget about the podcast after that. God bless. Rescuers, Thursdays at 5.30 Arizona time on Faith Talk 1360 KPXQ AM.